Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. and Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service of the Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to grow with us and be blessed with us. We're going to go into the word of God. I solicit your prayers. As we go forth, I'm telling you that it took a moment to get to where we are even right now. But there is opposition. Anytime you're doing something for the Lord, you're going to face some opposition. Matter of fact, you're going to face some opposition in life, period. So some are just more severe than others. And if you're on the right side, you know, then, then that takes on a whole new meaning by itself. So with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your love and your mercy, your kindness. Thank you, Lord God, for how you have watched over and kept us throughout this day. Lord, how you have blessed us in our respective places. You've allowed us to gather together again at this time Lord, for your word, and we thank you. We honor you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we pray and ask that you would bless us to receive what you have for us. Lord God, help us. Help us to receive your word. Most importantly, to live by your word. To live according to what you have to say, not according to our personal opinions, not according to the opinions of anyone else, but your opinion is what matters. Lord Jesus, and so we pray and ask that you would help us to live according to your word. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, I pray and ask if there's any sick among us that you would touch them in their body, touch their minds, bless them for 
that they've taken the time out of their schedule to uh, to participate in the hearing of your word. Lord, let your word season their heart. Lord God, let your word be found within them. Lord God, as David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I don't sin against you. Lord God, and I pray and ask that you would bless us to walk with that same uh, desire, that same, Lord God, that same uh, unction, that same, Lord God, uh, direction. Let the words of our hearts, the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, God bless you. We're going to go forth in, in the word of God. And again, I solicit your prayers. Let's be prayerful, you know, as we go into the word of God. Uh, to me, minutes are precious. Every moment is precious. And so when we are, when we start services at Cornerstone, um, on Sunday morning, we're there a half hour early to make sure everything that we left in place is still in place and make the necessary adjustments. Uh, the same for our broadcast. We make sure that we tune in and have everything set up early enough. And there are times like it was today where, ever, where nothing was going right. But, you know, as long as there's breath in the body and you know, then you, you sing your own song. You may not have an instrumental, um, a custom instrumental that was um, put together by our uh, minister of music was not playing right. The, the computer decided it wanted to go a different direction. And, you know, but it's all right. It's all good. I'm just just expressing it so that you know that, there, that sometimes things just don't go right. But you continue to press on. You fight on anyhow. Now, we're in the book of Genesis, touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particulars, <clears throat> excuse me, the universe, earth, man, and spirit. You cannot talk about God and not talk about the universe, talk about the earth, man, and spirit. We're touching the creation and the principal person who is the cosmological, the cause of all things, and the teleological, the design mind behind everything, and that is the word of God. The Bible tells us in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us as the only begotten son of the father. And so you'll find that, read the first chapter of St. John, um, and you'll see exactly what, I, what I'm talking about there. It said, we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father. The Bible goes on to say that he was in the world and the world was made by him. And yet the world knew him not. And so aren't you glad that you know him this evening? Aren't you glad that you, that you want to get to know him even more? Because he's inexhaustible. You're going to spend a lifetime learning about him and becoming what he wants you to become and you still not going to be 100. And when I say that, I don't mean you're going to, you're going to be slipping and dipping and sinning and doing all kinds of stuff. That, that's not what that means. It, it just means that you're not going to reach the totality of what God wants you to be until you're standing in his presence. 
And the Bible is very clear about that. The Bible is very clear about that. And you, so don't don't think that, okay, well, I'm not going to reach the totality so I can go out and and screw around with whoever I want to screw around with, carry on with all type of shenanigans in my life, you know, and, and pray and ask God to forgive me. I'm sorry, you know, and a hundred times. And, you know, we don't practice Catholicism, rubbing beads and and praying to statues of people that also needed to be saved. All right. And that's not the, the that wasn't a throwing a stone at nobody. I'm just saying and that when you do, when you sin and then you come back and you ask God to forgive you over and over and over again, and you still dealing with the same thing, then you're, you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing. You're rubbing your hands together. You, you know, you're, you, you, you might be using a different name, but you're doing the same thing because at that moment, there is no true spirit of conviction uh, because conviction causes you to change, causes you to turn, causes you to repent. It causes you to do something different with your life when you truly repent, when you stop. We don't stop sinning because we got caught. We don't stop, you know, because... You got busted, you know, you was cheating and someone caught you. No, no, no. You you got arrested or, you know, or you get lost your job or something like that. No, that that's not it. We, we change because we know it is the right thing to do. And, and so that's why we do it. That's why we do it. Okay, so the 15th chapter of, of John, the first verse, I want you to remember this. And after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. No matter what happens, no matter the way things look, thank you, Jesus, no matter the way things look, you need to remember that God is your protection and God is your greatest reward that you'll ever have. No matter how much money you have, no matter who you meet, the him and her of your dreams, God is still your greatest reward. Genesis 17 and 1 says that when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord came, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. The time came where Abram, all that we read about him and all that he did, the day came where God put his foot down and said, hey, cut out the shenanigans. It's time to stop. And, and so if that day comes for everybody. And it's a, it's a choice that we make. We're well informed of what we need to do. Everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. You know what you need to stop doing and what you need to start doing. It don't matter who you are. And, and so when we hear the word stop, you know, it, it's just like when your parent when you were growing up and your parent call you by your name and usually they call you by your full name to get your attention, you knew exactly that you was in trouble and you know what for. You knew why they were yelling your name out uh, so loudly in front of everybody to get your attention. You knew exactly what it was. And it's the same with God. When he calls us, when he reaches for us, when he speaks to us, we know exactly what he wants us to stop doing. Or we know what he wants us to start doing. You know, and that is to seek him with our whole heart. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your mind, body, and soul. 
And so that's how we love him. If you leave any of that out, if you leave out uh, your mind, then you're not loving him. If you leave out your body, you're not loving him. And if you leave out your soul, well, there's no relationship, you know. And so we nurture our relationship with God and it does not get in the way of our uh, relationship you know, with our, our your wife. It doesn't get into the relationship of your husband. It doesn't uh, get into the relationship of your children. In other words, everything, as long as everyone, because you can't, you can't control what another person does, but you can control what you do. And as long as your children are children and respectful, listening to you, then they're, they're going to follow your lead. If you set a good example, they're going to follow whatever example they see. So let's set a good example for our children. Uh, because they're they're certainly watching. We won't talk we won't talk about some of the things that they see tonight, but they're watching. And they're watching, and they see things when you think they don't see it. Uh -huh. They hear conversations when you think they sleep. And they might be sleep. They might be nodding off, but they done caught some things. So let's be careful uh, around our children. All right, Genesis nineteen. This is where we are. We're in the nineteenth chapter, beginning at the twenty fourth verse. Through the thirtieth, um, through the thirtieth verse, and so the Bible said the sun was risen upon the earth when uh, Lot entered into Zorah. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire with the Lord or from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and behold and beheld and lo the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace and it came to pass when god destroyed the cities of the plain that god remembered lot abraham and sent lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which lot dwelt and lot went up out of zara and now, I want you to um, remember this. Lot went up out of Zorah and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zorah and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. Now, we're talking about letting go. And sometimes we have to we have to let it go. Now, in letting it go, you can't look back at it. You might want to, uh, but don't. Don't look back at it. Now recall the love of uh, Lot. Uh, re recall the love of his life, his daughters, Letitia and Laquisha. That's what I, the names that I gave them because there is no name for them in the Bible. Okay, so I call them Letitia and Laquisha. You know, and they're they're taken by the hand and led out of the danger zone. You know, some like to hang around the danger zone. 
some of some that are preaching the gospel today and living sanctified lives um, they lived in the danger zone and God reached out reached and grabbed them and delivered them from the danger zone you know and they don't they'll know exactly what I mean when I say that but they lived in such a way and such a life that uh, you may have crossed the street when you saw them, not because you, you crossed the street because they were black or yellow or, or brown or, or red or anything like that, but you knew that they were dangerous. You know, um, the group that they hung with was dangerous. Uh, the things that they did and some of the women, the women loved danger, you know, they loved the bad boy. And so they wanted to be around the bad boy. And so uh, people live in, in different levels and different areas, different danger zones. And so they were delivered from this, in this instance, a particular danger zone. Now they were told to hurry up, you know, so when you hurry up, you're going to run, you're going to get on out of there. And the ministers, the angelic beings, the ministers said, nothing can be done until you are out of here. So you're holding up uh, a process and we're telling you to get out. You're in the way. And that was not a good thing because if they did not adhere to the instructions, they would have been consumed too. So they put their lot lingered. You know, the Bible tells us that very clearly and said, and while he lingered, the man laid hold on his hands and the hands of his wife and, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth that he said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Stay thou uh, neither, neither, don't do this, don't don't stay in the in all the plains, except to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thou servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast shown unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Now I need you to really pay attention to that 19th verse. He said, I cannot stay. I can't go into the mountain because if I go into the mountain, uh, some evil, some harm is going to come to me and I'm going to die. Even though they had just been saved, <coughs> excuse me, and was told to go into the mountain. Uh, these uh, ministers, these angelic beings knew what the instructions they was giving him. They weren't sending him to his death. They were telling him to go into the mountain so he could live. But Lot said, behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. It is it, is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? Hmm. Now, when we get to verse 23, of this same chapter, 19, that's what we're reading from. It said, the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zorah. And Zorah, or Zorah, meaning small or insignificant in Hebrew, or little one as Lot called it, 
was a city east of Jordan in the Vale of Siddim near the Dead Sea. Now, my question is, is what is really happening with Lot? What's going on with this brother? <clears throat> First off, he lingered. You know, lingering is associated with uncertainty, unbelief, doubt. You linger when you uh, you procrastinate, another word for linger and procrastinate, when you feel a certain way. Uh, I don't, when you really don't want to change. Uh, you linger, you procrastinate, you make excuses, you don't dig deep, you don't try hard, you don't go at it. And, and, and it's the same in our natural. Uh, when we feel a certain way, when we don't believe or we doubt, you know, we don't press uh, like we could. And you know, we like the message. And Paul said, I, I press toward the mark of the high calling and, and cry Jesus and, and the churches. Yes, Lord, amen. But and afterwards, nobody press. You, you got to learn to press past your own self, your feelings and, and different things. If you're going to not only be saved, but if you're going to have more than what you currently have. And your more is not just to be selfish, it's also to be a help and a blessing to someone else. Now, I, I heard a minister say this, and I appreciate him saying it, but um, he said that if you're going to have what others don't have, then you're going to have to do what others won't do. And so hold on to that. Hold on to it. So the Bible talks about that he lingered. Lingering is associated with uncertainty, uh, unbelief, doubt, and you know, and you know the fact that you don't really don't want to change because you're in a comfort zone. But you, you, your comfort zone it may not be healthy for you. Your comfort zone may not be all that you can have, and so your comfort zone is only comfortable because you know the struggles of it, and you're willing to to live that way you know, and to make excuses for it. I'm not willing to do that. That's not me. And I hope that's not you. So, uh, or you might even say, well, man, you bugging. You might say that I'm bugging because of what I've said. Um, but again, that's because you, you're procrastinating. You, you're lingering instead of putting forth to, to fight your way through and to strategize and to come up with a, a proper plan to change the current circumstances uh, into something more favorable as God would have you to do. I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. So God's will is already there presented uh, for you. And the reason that he wants you to prosper and to be in good health is so that you can help somebody else. All right, listen. Letitia and Laquisha fiancés already threw shade on the situation. Uh, lots of daughters. Uh, again, remember, I gave them those names. That those are not names that you find in the Bible. All right. They threw shade on the situation. In the 14th verse, it says, And Lot went out and spanked unto his son-in-law, which married his daughters and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemeth as one that mocketh unto his son-in-laws. They, they thought he was joking. They, they felt he was kidding. They didn't want to hear it. And so we don't read about them leaving 
nor anyone else with them because there was opportunity. Uh, the angels asked Lot, said, is there anybody else here in the city that, that you want to be delivered? Go get them. Go get them now. And there was none. We don't hear about Lot making an effort or anything. Uh, only thing we hear about in his response was that he lingered and he had to be taken uh, by the hand and escorted out. Now, there are days, uh, there are those days that, that, that are in these days, let me put it this way. Uh, these are those days like it was then where people felt that talking about the Lord and talking about what God will do is a joke. Where is the fear of the Lord at today? People don't fear God. No, no. Because see, there's something about the fear of the Lord that, sh that shakes you up, stirs up your heart, causes you to be faithful, causes you to even recognize that, you know what, I I'm afraid of what God is capable of. Uh, he he besides him loving me, uh, I, I don't want to fall into the hands of a God that is not happy. Well, and people think that that's an abstract thought, but no, that is a serious thought. You need to honor the Lord in such a way. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. See, so people, there are people today walking around thinking like, well, you know, um, people have said for years the Lord is coming back, but he haven't come yet. And I, I am so grateful that he didn't come when I was in sin. I'm so grateful he didn't come when I was when I was uh, high, when I was uh, sedated, when I had was carrying on all type of shenanigans. I'm glad that he didn't come at that time or I would have been lost, just like some of you. And, and so even though we look for the Lord to come, we're also praying that souls would be saved. Now, there are those that say, well, God is, you know, he's not really coming. You know, that time has passed. And what you're talking about is some old stuff. No, God is just long suffering. So because he don't want anybody to perish. So he's given opportunity that all should come to repentance. That's for second Peter three and nine. That's why God has taken his time, because when this when it's over this time, it's over. Uh, the earth will be there won't be by flood but it will be a different way and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth will be passed away. And so I think you want to take the time and get prepared like now. Um, you don't know when you may lay down and not wake up. You don't know when you may start your day and not end your day. None of us know those things unless God, by the grace of God, he reveals to us that our time is, is at hand. Now, the 24th verse says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, a brimstone fire from uh, came down from the Lord out of heaven. Now, you can go to uh, moon, that's M-O-O-N dot NASA, N-A-S-A dot gov. And you can look at the and see that there is a uh, a percent meteor shower that is going to occur even on August 12th. Um, 
it says after 10 or 11 p.m. local time when the radiant uh, has risen high enough to see all the meteors, to see the meteors that are going to be flying through until the moon rises on Sunday um, morning, August 13th. And this is 2023. Now, ABC News report uh, with footage a meteor crashing. Uh, one meteor, I'm just going to mention the one, into Russia, destroying 3,000 buildings, injuring uh, estimate 1,000 people. And this meteor, they said, was traveling at about 33 million miles an hour. Uh, again, these are those that claim it is not possible to rain down fire. You know, people say, well, that, that's impossible. God couldn't have rained down fire upon the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And here we are seeing um, meteors, even in our day and time, that come down, that fly through the sky. Uh, we, we have actual footage of this, you know, and so it's not something that is uh, not, it's not something new. It's something that has happened before. Now, if we're watching meteors um, hit the earth now, why would you think that it could not have showered down meteors upon Sodom and Gomorrah then? Second Peter 3, 10 through 12 says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and uh, godliness? Looking for the hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Now, if you have been lingering and forgot Jesus is coming, I want to remind you that he will return again. Now, the Bible tells us in Acts, the first chapter, uh, beginning at the ninth verse. It says, and when he had spoken these things, while he, while they, the disciples and those that were standing there, beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men uh, stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye uh, gazing into heaven? The same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So uh, Jesus is coming and he's going to come at, at his time when he wants to, not when you want him to. In the meantime, it is the responsibility of us uh, to propagate the gospel, to be a witness to, 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 you know, to matter of fact, use the technology, use everything that's available to us to the best of our ability to get the word out so that people are aware. You know, we're, we're processing right now and preparing for a, a major campaign to get the word out ourselves uh, to, so that people will know. Um, you know, and, and I think uh, right now this is a good good place to segue into this. I was watching the news, and um, you know, one thing that they do is that they they took a survey, and they talked about uh, that we are in a loneliness pandemic. And I, I, it was very interesting because me and my daughter 
was just talking the other day about um, that there is areas where people, there are times that you might be by yourself or, you know, and you feel alone. You feel alone, and you, you know, and, and so we're talking about companionship, uh, not necessarily a boyfriend and girlfriend, but it, there's just companionship. There's a, a, a spirit of companionship. And, and so there is a friend that is closer than a brother, the Bible says. And they were talking about this on the news today. They said that uh, that there is a loneliness pandemic that is occurring that they notice that people uh, feel alone at this time in their lives and that's something that we don't want people to do and they won't know that if we don't reach out to them and let them know that they're not alone not like they think they are and so when people feel alone they feel depressed they feel a certain way feelings are not good you know people will start binge eating and doing all type of things when they feel alone, uh, even allow the enemy to take advantage of them. And, and so I'm not going to stay there today, but I want to bring about this awareness because it's in the atmosphere. They've already put it out there. It's noticeable. It's been noticeable. But now the media is talking about it. And so that's something that, that we all need to be praying about as we go forth, being a witness for the Lord, as we go forth, inviting people to get out the house and come to church, gather together as the Bible has called us to do, uh, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, uh, as some uh, do even in this day and time, saying that the Bible, the word of God is old, it's outdated. Uh, it doesn't mean what it really said. And I'm going to tell you the devil is a liar. He's the father of all lies. The word of God is true. The word of God is true. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word is going to stand. And whatever God has said in his word, that's what we're going to be judged by. So it doesn't matter what title a person have. It don't matter what school they went to, what seminary, what seminar they took, what theology course they think that they got it. Listen, if it's not based upon the word of God, then you've already lost my attention. All right. And I'm telling others that if you can't prove it by the word of God, you need to run for your life because the word of God is what is going to save you. Uh, the word of God tells us the state of being that we need to be in, and that is to be holy as he is holy. The Bible said, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And holiness is not based upon anyone's opinion except God's. And the only way you're going to know that and understand that is by his word. And that's why we are teaching and taking our time to talk about the word of God here on Inside the Pages. The 21st verse says, and he overthrew these cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city and that which grew out of the ground. But his wife, Mrs. Lot, the love of his life, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. The focus is not upon her affliction where she became a pillar of salt. The focus is on her obedience. She looked back after being told, do not look back. While the destruction was occurring, you can only imagine the sound it makes. Destruction has a sound, a very loud sound. Now, the BBC science and other describe the 
meteor as a sonic boom, the sound of meteor that came down. And they called it a photoacoustic uh, hypothesis, and it, meaning that it's combined with heat and light. Uh, and it makes a particular sound. And so I want you to listen to this. I hope this is loud enough for you to hear. Something out of a movie, a tiny asteroid tearing through space at a speed of 33,000 miles per hour before streaking across southern Russia. Cameras caught sight of the white trail as it headed across the sky. And then this. <laughs> An explosion of light, then a massive sonic boom. <laughs> strong enough to shatter windows and damage buildings. There were reports of more than a thousand people injured, mostly from glass and debris. This video shows a children's judo class. Windows blew out. So the destruction, you can only imagine the destruction in, that we listened to just now from the news channel um, that was recorded of a meteor uh, coming down over in Russia uh, that the sounds that they heard would have been just as great sonic booms and things occurring as the uh, as God rained down his judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah and she couldn't help it. She looked back. A lot didn't look back. Uh, his daughters didn't look back. But something, what was going on with his wife, with Mrs. Locke? that she had to turn around and look back. The screams and the holly, everything that was occurring should have been enough to make her stay focused because at that moment, judgment is occurring. She should have had her eyes squeezed closed and focusing and, and fearing what was occurring, but that wasn't the, the situation. The 27th verse says, and Abram got, uh, Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. You remember that him and the Lord had a conversation at a certain place where he was asking the Lord, will you have mercy if you find 50, 45, if you find, you know, 10 people that are righteous, uh, will you still destroy the city? And God said, no. Now, God was willing to have mercy if there was just a few folks mighty God, if there was just a few folks that was praying, if there was just a few folks that was seeking him, if there was just a few folks that was that was making a difference, uh, he would not have destroyed the city. Uh, but it was only Lot, Lot, his wife, and his two daughters that came out of this, or at least proceeded to come out of this without any judgment and at the end, we see that it was only three. Okay. The 28th verse says, you got to save yourself. You might, I'm sure, I'm sure Lot loved his, his love, Mrs. Lot, but he, he didn't turn around and look back. Nope. The Bible don't talk about anyone looking back except her. And he had to deal with that reality. He had to deal with that trauma of his loved one being lost. And we like to have good thoughts about our loved ones, no matter how they lived, you know, um, that uh, they're all right. Everybody's in heaven, everybody's fine. Well, we're not gonna talk about that tonight.
And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah, Abram had did, and toward all the land of the plain. And behold, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. Now, Lot uh, got up, excuse me, uh, Abraham got up early, looked at Sodom and Gomorrah. He's wondering about the welfare of his nephew and uh, his family. He's wondering about his, his uh, lot. He's wondering about Mrs. Lot. He's wondering about Letitia and Laquisha. He's wondering how they're doing. Now, maybe he began to reminisce uh, when uh, they left home, when they left and went down to Sodom. But maybe he was thinking about that. Remember, this is now, he's no different than you and I when you lose a loved one. If you've ever lost a loved one, then you know you start reminiscing and thinking about the good times and things that, that you may have experienced. You think about some goofy things, you know, think about the moments that they had along the way. Some scary things that happened when he had to go and rescue him. There's some hilarious things, some stupid things and unexpected things that made them bond that made them be who they were together. Knowing the day will come when the Lord will execute judgment, Abraham is concerned. Is there anyone you're concerned about? Is there anyone you're concerned about? Now, the Bible tells us in Genesis, the 18th chapter and 23rd verse, it said, Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou destroy the, the righteous with the wicked? 25th verse that be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked and the righteous shall be as the wicked that be far from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do right. And so Abraham had pleaded for the life of his nephew. That was the concern of his heart. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the mist and of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. Now, a meteor, or mediator, excuse me, a mediator is someone who attempts to make people involved in a conflict come to an agreement. They are the go-between. We're the go-between. We should be standing, you know, in prayer uh, for others, not being selfish with our prayers, but when you pray, pray for someone else. Matter of fact, when you pray, you ought to ask God to forgive uh, that person on your heart, forgive their sins too. Pray for people for their deliverance. Pray that God would forgive them of their sins. If they have an addiction, ask God to take the taste out of their mouth, to deliver them from that. They need a mediator. You be that mediator, that's why you're here. You're here for that purpose. God did not save you for you just to be here. You're saved for a purpose, and that is to be a witness, to be a mediator, to be a help for the work of the ministry. When we talk about let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, well, guess who God is going to use to get for his will to be accomplished here on earth? It's you and I. Abraham did his best to mediate the deliverance of Lot and his nieces, and his efforts were rewarded. Now, so don't stop praying for your sons. Don't stop praying for your daughter or your spouse. 
Now, the reality is the final decision of their salvation will be their choice, just like Mrs. Lott. It was her choice. Mrs. Lott uh, decided to look back and not obey the instructions that was given to her. And that made a difference in her deliverance. Now, verse 17 says it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that they that he said, escape for the life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. The 26th verse says, but his wife looked back behind him. Now, there was uh, there was something uh, going on with Miss Lot. And we talked about Mr. Lot and saying that something was going on with him, certainly uh, because he lingered. Well, Mrs. Lot, we've seen something going on with her uh, that she treasured more than her deliverance because she looked back. She looked back. She didn't have to look back. She wanted to look back and she did it. Now, this is the first and last time we hear about Mrs. Lott. Uh, she, could, she couldn't let go of what was going on. Can you let go of what is going on with you? Can you let go of that relationship? Can you let go? And that relationship meaning whatever it is, can you let go of it? Because some things that you don't let go of or you need to let go of because your life depends on it. You got to let it go. Maybe it was her social and political status. I don't know. But it was something she wouldn't let go of. The people she hung with and considered to be her new norm. She couldn't let them go. Maybe it was the home she had and the latest commodities. She couldn't let it go. The Bible tells us in the 30th verse, and Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him for he feared to dwell in Zora. Now, wait a minute. Lot asked to go to Zora. He asked to go there because he felt that his life would have been in danger if he would have followed the instructions that the angels had initially gave him to go into the mountain. But now he's in Zora and he feared to stay there. He needed, he wanted to leave. And so he went, he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. They went up into a mountain after all. And I thought his life was in danger. He feared for his life that if he go into the mountain, that he was going to die. Now he had the protection of the angels that were physically present there with him. These two angels are gone now. And Lot and his, his daughters that uh, came out of the city is now in Zor, but now they leave that city and go into the mountain without the angels there to protect them. So if there was something dangerous there, then they it would have had a better chance of getting him because his protection uh, that was there is now gone. Lot, what's going on with you? We see instability. You know, the, a lack of stability. We see this unstableness going on about him. What's going on with him? What's happening with Lot? Think about him. Think about him lingering. Think about his wife. They're, they have mercy. They have the mercy of God, but yet there's something going on with him. 
and it's not good. Well, let's let's think about ourselves. What's going on with you? Is it good? Are you making excuses like Lot did? Are you looking back instead of looking forward to your deliverance? Listen, you got to press for deliverance. Deliverance is not something that just come and you feel all form, uh, warm and fuzzy and, you know, and no, it's a fight for your life. It really is a fight and you got to be focused on the fight. You got to keep your eyes on the prize of your deliverance. Unlike Mrs. Lott, who looked back and we don't hear anything else about her. Don't be like uh, Brother Lott that, that's walking in fear you know, of what could happen that did not happen. And now we're reading about him changing his mind again and leaving the city of Zorro that he was given permission to go into. And he's scared to be there. And so now he's going to the mountains. Hmm. Let, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would help us, Lord God, to walk in stability. Help us to be steadfast and unmovable in your word. Lord God, help us to live according to your will. You sent deliverance for those people. You made a way for them to, uh, to escape the judgment that was going to come. And you are making a way for us, even in this moment. You provided your word to us and your word is assuring Lord God, you, you helped us. You, you sanctified us through your word. You wash us. You make us clean. Lord God, you provide peace for us, protection. Lord God, you are our great reward. And we thank you. I ask that you would help us, Lord God, to govern ourselves according to your will. Lord God, to think and remember the things that we have read about the, the, the people of that day and time and how it reflects on our day and time and the decisions we make and the things that we do. Lord God, I ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would bless each one that have taken the time to tune in, Lord God, and to be part of this uh, Bible teaching, Lord God. I ask that you would bless them, that you would strengthen them. Lord God, help them to be a, a witness, to be an example, Lord God, in their homes, on the job, in the school. Lord Jesus, wherever they might be. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now, Lord God, as they go their respective ways, in their time zones, Lord God, their geographical locations, whatever it is, ask that you would bless them, Lord. I ask that you would open their understanding. Lord Jesus, as you was open, uh, Lord God, you, you breathe and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. I ask that you would bless those that are tearing with, for the Holy Ghost to be filled. Lord God, bless. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. We'll continue to give your name the praise and to give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Listen, God bless you. Continue to pray for us as we're praying for you. And let's remember not to look back. Let's let things go. We can do that. God gave us the power to do it because he gave us the our own will and ability. And we can do it. Let's tell the Lord, not my will, but thine be done. All right. God bless you. Remember in prayer, Pastor Carl Henderson. <laughs>